Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What up, though? I'm Jay Hall, and this is the AURN Podcast, and I am with my folks right here. We have been reunited. It's been, feel like it's been such a long time. It so, has. you know, to my left is my good homegirl right here from, um, you know, what's that school again? Anyway, I'm right. sorry. <laughs> and I'm a, pirate, a proud pirate. I'm going to say <laughs> Star Rock is right here. Um, my guy Jonathan, best dressed always right here. You see how our uh, how us bisons talk to each other? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, but it's compliment though, brother. Yes, it's, it's beautiful. It's yeah, it's a compliment yeah, because. But we have a legend, living one in the building right now, and we got to give her a big round or a table clap right here or a pound. <laughs> Woo! You know, um, hot ninety seven extraordinaire. But she's been doing her thing for a moment. Miss Laura Styles is in the building, yeah. everybody. <laughs> Woo! Wow, yeah. thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. You look like life. Yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you, I've been I've been living, too. You, you look. So if I look a little tired, I, I've been living. <laughs> How old is your daughter? She's, uh, she's about to be two on Halloween. Oh, you're in the thick of it. Oh, Girl. Oh. I did not like to. I'm not even going to lie. Dang. No, 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 no. Be honest. It's okay. <laughs> because people try to be like, like eh, to. everything is all ducks <laughs> and bunnies. Uh-uh. It's uh-uh. not. It's not. This is the F them kids section part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I have no input. I am the fun uncle. Yes, we, I already had a chat with the fun uncle. Yeah. He told me his one, two, and then he's like, "Okay, go, go back to, go back to daddy now." Yep. <laughs> I gotta go out tonight, y'all. <laughs> that is, that is, that is good. I mean, you know, ever since twenty twenty, I always try to check on somebody's well being. Yeah. So yeah. when I say you look like life, I mean that. Like Thank you, you. you look. You know, New York itself can be so, like, just getting here, I felt stressed. <laughs> and then when you sat out, and I was like, oh, okay, we good. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So everything's been good with you since then and yeah, the yeah, pandemic yes. everything. Because you had a pandemic baby. I, I sure did. <laughs> yeah. I sure did. Yeah. yeah, it was crazy because I was, like, I, I, and I talked about it on my show. Um, you you feel me. Um, you know, I've, I've been so career focused forever. Mm-hmm. That was, you know, everyone's having families around me and kids. And I was like... Oh wow! Well, I think I have to make a decision pretty soon about what it was was happening. Was this future? And my partner was like dying to have kids, and I was like, "We could wait, we could wait." And we were traveling like before lockdown. I was doing some work with Red Bull, which was really really cool. I was working with their uh, battle rap league, but they have a oh, really nice. amazing battle rap league in Spanish. Oh, nice! And and let me tell you something. The fans and the rappers that are from all over the world, it, it is so beautiful to see how hip-hop has penetrated all cultures, yeah. mm-hmm. all countries, 
And um, I was in, oh, my God. So I did the Rap Battle League, and I did uh, DJ competitions with uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff. So we were in Taiwan. We were in Cuba. Wow. I was in Jamaica. I went to Thailand. I was in Vietnam. I was in Paris. We went to Belgium. I mean, we traveled. <laughs> And at the time, my man was like, do you want to be my cameraman? <laughs> Just an excuse for him to travel with yeah. me. And he yeah. was like, for sure, let's go, you know. And he's and he's actually super talented, so it was kind of like a oh, bonus for me. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was just having him running around, you know, like yeah. doing social media. Yeah, social media videos. No, no, no. He actually is super talented, so it's a, that was a blessing in disguise for me. But yeah, so we were doing all of that, and then finally when we were like, well, you know, maybe it's time to try to have kids, it, it was um, it. I thought I was going to get pregnant right away. Okay. It took me about a year and a half. At first, I was like, oh, I thought it was just when I'm ready, I'm ready. <laughs> and then life hit me, yeah. you know? And it's just real conversation. It's real life. It's something that a lot of families go through when trying mm-hmm. to figure out. And then, and then I got. Pre- I remember getting getting my taking a pregnancy test and being like, "Oh, is this really real?" Like calling my it's doctor. It's very surreal when it happens. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and then my doctor says to me, "Well, um, let's let's have you come in tomorrow and get some blood work because you know this Corona thing looks like it's gonna be a little crazy. So why don't you just come in? And the labs are a little backed up. And this was." Right before, Oof. you know wow, what I mean? Okay. Right before everything. And next to you know, I, I went in and I didn't get my blood work back to like three weeks. Oh my goodness. Jeez. Because the labs that, were so backed up. That never had like, so I had my baby in 2016. Uh-huh. That was not a thing. You got your blood work back like. A day or day, two, yeah. right? You see? That's yeah. what all, that's what all my friends Jeez. were telling me. So, and, and then the, the adventure began. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All this information I know nothing about. Yeah. Listen, I'm not even going for it. We over here pause. Like, you were looking like, at me. I'm looking at you like, <laughs> like mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, it, it's just real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you'd be surprised. Like, I will say, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, we're very open on, on I ha- I am so lucky that um, my partners on my show are the most supportive, uplifting, amazing human beings that's amazing i saw the episode where you you did your birth announcement and i thought they were all really sweet how they just kind of rallied around we had tears yeah you know what i mean because you know what you know we there's a lot of people you guys know Mm -hmm. like we're friends but you know we're co-workers but this is my family like we spend the holidays together you know what i mean like uh birth of our children when he, when Ibra had his daughter mm-hmm. like uh, were there at kids birthday parties our own birthday party like we're super close like we really are like a family which um I feel is super important and it's not always like that we just happen to have a a, a good a good uh, a good little tribe because uh, you know we've all been through ups and downs in radio and we've seen it all and in you know what I mean so it's not <laughs> always like that and we're lucky when we find people that we actually like yeah yeah <laughs> but uh We've been at it for a couple years. The other day we were trying to figure out how long we've been together, and I don't know. I think it's like nine years. Oh, wow. I haven't even really, like, called my PD. I'm like, can you do some real research and tell us? Because we don't know. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. As, as a woman who is, uh, who's been in the game from when it was very, very hard. I mean, it still is, but things have changed, you know. And um, having, having a group of coworkers, uh, especially – Especially the the males that have been so uh, just supportive, like it could have easily been like, "Hey, we're gonna get a uh, we're gonna get someone to fill in for you," and that could have been the end of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's real life. You know what I mean? It happens. And they were like, "No, we don't need nobody to fill in." 
we'll we'll keep you here in spirit and make fun of you and, and you know what I mean. Sometimes you <laughs> From know the couch. You know how I was, and then I actually worked throughout my entire pregnancy until one day I sent a text like, "Oh, it's going down. I'm not going to be in tomorrow." <laughs> it was just one of those, you oh, know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful, and then my. <laughs> My daughter will get to see, like, all of it. Like you said, the announcement, everything is on YouTube, which is so bizarre that she'll be able to see that in the future. Like, like these stories, because the, from the announcement to the actual birth, and then when I came back, I came, two weeks into it, I was already like, no, 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 I need to check in. And I was like, here's my kid. <laughs> <laughs> Ta-da! Yo, I love that. I love that. You know, I, I actually, you know, one, congratulations. Thank you. That. And, you know, I know what you're going through because I see it with my brother. I don't know it personally, like, yeah. you know, we said. But I actually want to go back now, like, take it back to mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that um, your family's from where? Guatemala. Guatemala, right? yeah. Um, yeah. So are you first generation? Yes. So I am as well. And yeah. that's kind of like my brand, you know, Um and to be in the industry and to represent for your culture, how is that? And how did that kind of influence or inspire you to go to where, um, you know, you are now? And did your parents actually agree with you going oh, into Oh, absolutely not. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> I think that, okay, so my <laughs> parents are first, you know, they, they, came to, they came to the United States in, like, I think, like, in the 70s. Same. And my parents crossed the border illegally, and they did the most insane trip to get here, mm-hmm. fleeing uh, violence and fleeing uh, a life that just wasn't what they wanted, you know, to give me a better life. Mm-hmm. And I always, you know, it's really easy to judge people to be like, oh, they need to, like, do it the right way and do it this. You never right. know what people are going through. Right. I had to stop into one. Like, I had a friend who was, like, semi. semi she was conservative when it came to immigration, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't know my story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See what I'm saying? She didn't you know like my that. story. Mm-hmm. So she was like, bah, bah, people should come here. I said, let me tell you. I was like, yeah, my mom I actually almost died coming over here. Wow. So she was pregnant with me and wow. you know she her journey is like you know it was is one day I'll tell her story mm-hmm. but I was like um she almost died my father was stabbed on his Sheesh. way over here and uh, and I was like my parents worked really really hard any job that they could get they were never on welfare you know how they're quick to be like right uh, taking advantage yes like, yes yes exactly. yeah 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 you know the, what I mean? the welfare queen you thing. F- you yeah. fall into the stereotype and I was like they're never on welfare I was like so I know what it is to struggle growing up we figured it out mm. I was like but um, I have an older sister that that um, was going to college in Guatemala and my mom was like let her finish she grew up with my grandmother and when it's time we'll do it the, the the right way, quote right. unquote. You know, it took us thirteen years. Wow, wow. Thirteen years for her to be to get her paperwork right and and for her to come here legally. So imagine not having your child for thirteen years. Yeah, yeah. That's wild. Because it's easier to get <laughs> visas and all of that yeah. when you're coming from rich countries, you yep. know. But when yeah. you're coming from um third world country it's like you're not necessarily the first the hot ticket (laughs) you know so it's 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 um so no my parents thought it was crazy (laughs) they were like i wanted to be a dj and they were like we're not (laughs) not getting you any equipment (laughs) no money (laughs) so you know i was in love with hip-hop i remember i always like to tell the story because the fujis were very important to me because they were one of the first uh groups that were so proud to be the refugee crew like waving the haitian flags and 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 bringing a coat on stage. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys remember them doing yeah. that. But it, it just made me feel like I was a part of something. 
you know, and made me feel like I was so proud that they were so proud. You know what I mean? That, you know, for the most part, immigrant children have similar struggles, you know, like yep. you have your identity issues and you're trying to fit in. And I fell in love with hip hop because hip hop made me feel like home. And and in the neighborhood, I grew up in Mid City, Los Angeles, and and oh, slash on, LA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inglewood. And uh, <laughs> and in my neighborhood, I you know my my all my bre- I lived in a black neighborhood at the time, and a few Mexican folks. But you know my my best friends growing up, the 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 strong women who led me, who taught me, were all black women. And it was just something that was so uh, it, that 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 love has been embedded in me, you know. And um, and I learned so much, and um, and I learned so much from my mother growing up trying to survive without speaking the language. You know what I mean? Like you have to learn a new language. You have to figure out how you're going to feed your kids, and you know. So so hip hop to me was just like you know at the time it was like this little subculture that was thriving in in, in L. A. and and it was like. I, I love the women that were that were there. Like I remember listening to Sway and Tech and Carmelita, and I was like, "God, she's so dope!" Like, I wanted I wanted to just be there with them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And listening to OGs like Nautica Dela Cruz on, on oh, the air, yeah. <laughs> and um, and just being in love with it. And I wanted to do it so bad. Like, I, my mom still has like these cassette tapes of me like interviewing my little sister. And, like, wow! <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, these like white cassette tapes of like. Me, I, I remember I lied, and uh, we had a local AM station, and I lied about my age, and I got in there, and <laughs> I had my own little hip-hop radio show, me playing most deaf and, like, uh, raucous mixtapes, until they found out I was, like, 16 at the time, and they're like, come back when you can get a work permit. <laughs> but I just wanted to be part of the culture, you know what I mean? Right, I was, right. like, having friends send me, like, DJ Camilo mixtapes and Bobito and Stretch mixtapes, and I loved it. I just was obsessed, obsessed, and I would be like, like one day, I was like, if Angie Martinez can do it, I could do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, and it really was just a dream, like a really like honest dream. And sometimes I feel like it sounds a little corny, but but it was real for yeah. me at that time. You know, when you're going through all your hardships, and and you know, um, it's really really special to me when I get um, messages from I, I get a lot of beautiful messages. Period from from fans, but when I get like. Uh, like a Guatemalan folks hit me and be like, thank you because I've never seen us represented. I, I've never seen anyone, you know, like talk about our culture and, 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 you know, and she's like, and in a positive light. So it makes me feel really proud and it makes me feel really happy. And, 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 you know, it, it it's, it's, it's a whole, like a, a 360 moment for me because, uh, I remember I was watching the uh, the Wakanda Forever trailer that came out the first one, right? First the, one. Of the of the of the second yeah. joint that's about yeah, yeah, to come yeah, yeah. out. So I'm watching it, and my sister calls me. She's like, "Oh my God, there's a Guatemalan actress that's going to be in Wakanda Forever. She's an indigenous woman. You got to see it." Wow. And there's a scene with I think it's an underwater yeah, birth. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, crying. Yeah. I'm sitting there with that tears in my yeah. eyes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a comic geek. That was uh, Namor. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Right, 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 right. You saw that. So I, so I, I don't. We, we were there. We were there. I, Look, yeah, okay, I, I just thought it was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When we saw, say, all the little comic geeks was online, like, yes. you see the wings? Uh, you see the wings? Yeah, that's Namor. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was something. So the woman <laughs> in that scene, that actress, I started, she like, is. looking it up. But So I was like, I couldn't believe it. And to me, it's so beautiful because, you know, I was like, wow, an indigenous Guatemalan woman is in Wakanda forever. Mm. Are you kidding me? You know mm. what I mean? So I know how it feels. And, and, and it really, like, now more than ever, it means more to me now. Yeah. You know, yeah. I feel proud. Especially to be a part of that. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Not only to see it, 
but you are a part of it. Like they are holding you at that level. Yeah. And that's a blessing. That's and, so and it dope. makes me feel really good, man. It really does. It, it really is a blessing. Yeah. I love we, it. Now, so now you are on Ebro in the Morning, one of the biggest <laughs> morning shows. And you guys are syndicated coast to coast, right? Is yeah. It, it's like what? San Antonio. Yeah, Portland. we're in Portland. Oh, no, we got the list. Yeah. It's um, Portland, <laughs> you know, um, KTFM, San Antonio, Texas, Loud Radio, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Loud 101.5, State College, Pennsylvania, 101.9, KINK, Portland, Oregon, and a whole other list that AURN1 is the lame. No, no, she out there. But, okay, and so... I want to kind of take it back though a little bit in your in uh-huh. your grind to get on right yeah. because you did get to work with Angie Martinez. Yeah. So you know that was that like one of your first like national nationally syndicated shows. Ah, uh, okay, hold on. Oh well, I think so. I'm trying to figure out because I don't know if if do you guys remember Star and Buck Wild? Yes, of course. I don't know if they were if they were syndicated. I'm okay. not sure. They were on MTV for like six weeks. Okay, I, I, that's how I got introduced to them. I, and I, I came and, up on New York radio, so, so I yeah, don't know yeah. if they were syndicated. But I, I, I worked on that show. Oh, you were on that show too? Yeah. So I did. I started on radio early when I was like twenty in college. I was in. I was going to school was at BMCC. Oh, First BMCC. of all, my gr- grew up in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Decided I, I, you know, life happens. Yeah. And I wasn't, I was, I needed to change. I needed to get out of my neighborhood. Wow. I need, I needed to get out. You know, I, I lived in a neighborhood where everybody was just kind of stuck on a corner doing yep. what they do. And I was like, I can't, I can't be a part of this. I can't be another statistic. Mm-hmm. I literally saved up some money and bought a one-way ticket to New York because oh, it's right. the number wow. one market in radio. Now that I think about it, I would never let my kid do that. Are you, you know what right. I mean? My goddaughter's 19. I'm like, are you crazy? Right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I did the same thing to go into D.C., so I would never let my niece do that, right? but I did it. But we did it. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Wow. So I did it, and and mind you, I had I didn't know. And I, had a, I knew a friend of a friend. That's it, you wow. know, who helped me, like, stay on her couch for the, the agreement was three weeks until I found an apartment. And she was wonderful, and she truly helped me get a, get a place. And I just got student loans and lived off credit cards and figured it out. I was going to school at BMCC, and um, and my uh, and my good friend Quasi Quasi Hewlett does imaging at for uh, uh right now is uh the beat. No, no, not the beat. What's the other? The real. Oh. Real in LA now. Sorry, yeah. he's been all over the place, but he's like a radio OG when it comes to imaging. Mm-hmm. He's a beast, and he started at Clear Channel. Well, I don't even know if he started somewhere else, but I, I got together with him at Clear Channel when they launched Power 105.1 in, in New York. Okay. And it was an old school station. It was all throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. And Moni Love was on there. Ed Lover was Ed on Lover, there. Chabrock. Right. All of them were on there. And he was doing the imaging for them. And while I was in college, he was like, L, he was like, because of a friend of a friend, you, you never yeah, know where life is, is. going to take you. Yep. And, you know, the impressions you leave on people. Yep. And if someone else believes in you, they'll make that call for you. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for all of that because that's why I'm here, you know? Mm-hmm. And Kwasi was like, hey, um, there's a phone op position open. Do you want to take it? And back then, we didn't have social media managers. Right. So you it was a research department. <laughs> <laughs> I started talking about the phone op. Yeah, I started Yeah, that. well, yeah. I was... I 
actually in studio just taking calls, getting winners when they gave away tickets, right? Wow. So I was like, of course I oh, want, okay. of course I want to do that, you know? <laughs> so I came in and he would have me voice and do little things wherever he could put my voice and I would be so geeked that I was on a little commercial or a little sound bite. And honestly, that's where I really started. And I came up under Moni Love. She was one of the first ones who took okay, me in. Okay. We're still friends to this day. I was answering her phones. I was carrying her baby. I was getting her lunch wow. and her coffee. You know what I mean? Like doing whatever. And the she, grind was real. And she <laughs> made me, she really opened my eyes though, because she would be breastfeeding and doing, cutting wow. up breaks. You know what I mean? And, and I was like, wow, like this is what a superwoman looks like. You know yeah. what I mean? Who's like really like thriving and doing it. And then I, then I can, Steph Lover really took me under her wing. And, and then I learned all in Deja Vu, who, who is mm -hmm. so crazy because now she's at WBLS in New York and we see each other all the time. She's the one who like whipped my ass whenever I would be wilding out. It yeah. was like, get, get, your board's gotta be tight, you know? And, um, yeah, I, all these incredible women like helped me so much. And then once I became a producer, I started being a producer for Star and Book Wild until things blew up, if you know right. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I was like, were they syndicated? I don't know. It was, a, it was, it was, it was it the, it was the Aaliyah stuff, right? That's what I was thinking. No, no, the before Aaliyah that. stuff got them kicked out of Hot ninety seven, oh, and then that. Power one hundred five one took them in. It was, it was the drama anyway. between them and Envy. Yeah, and Envy, oh, oh, kids, yeah. and it got, it got nasty. It was, yeah, it was terrible yeah. too. It was terrible, but, but yeah, I got caught up in the middle of that. So, and then from there. That's when I was like, after all that drama, I was like, I need, I need to try to just get my own situation. Wow. And I started sending out tapes to everyone, anyone who would hear me. And then I got called back from a Connecticut station, and they were just kind of like, ah, eh, maybe not. And then a uh, Miami station, I was like, wow, move to Miami? I was like, and then uh, um, Univision had opened up a, a reggaeton station in New York. And uh, I was like, well, I speak Spanish. I'm not Puerto Rican, so I don't really know anything about reggaeton, but... Hey, you know right. what I mean? I was like, right. let me try it, you know? And and it was cool because there wasn't enough reggaeton to program a whole station. So it was like reggaeton, uh. hip-hop and R&B, and reggae. <laughs> right. So I was like, I'm in. Very, like, underground, mixed <laughs> Yeah. Team. I grew up uptown. Like, yeah, so. so you know. And and that's it. And they were like, I was like, do I have to speak all Spanish? They were like, no. Give us, give us like 60, you know, 60, 40 or whatever you can rock. And that was my first on-air gig wow. in New York. So I'm very blessed because, you know, people have to move around. Yeah. yeah. You know, I thought I was going to go to a smaller market. and yeah. just have to, like, a big pray. market. That's a huge deal. That's, it yeah. is. It is. It yeah. Is. And that was, I was, my first gig was middays. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I didn't even do weekends. Wow. Like, they were just like, go ahead, show us what you got. I was like, okay. I, I, I learned from the best. So I was like, mm -hmm. I learned what to do and what not to do. Yeah. And that was my first, like, radio gig. <laughs> Yeah. What shift was it? It was middays. Midday. Midday. So you 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 had the midday shift. That was uh -huh. your first shift. My first on air. <laughs> you wait. So like I'm I'm a little bit jealous. So first of all, I, everything that she said that she didn't have to do, I had to do. Right. Uh -huh. I had to go to that small market. Most yeah. of my radio peers did. That's why I was. I, like, I was overnight. Uh -huh. Two a.m. to six a.m. Mm -hmm. I was I was overnight. Yeah. And so you were middays at Power. Yes. No, okay. no, 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 no. No, I'm inside the reggaeton station. At the, yeah, at the Univision station. It was called La Calle, which means the That was still a street. big deal. You're, you're competing with all of the, pe the people yeah. that you're looking up to. Were you nervous at all? What? Of course I was. <laughs> at first I was like, when they told me middays, I was like, Ooh. I was like okay. 
Can't show it, but you like know? inside. Yeah. But I had done all, literally, because I was, a, 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 when I was at Power Water 5 1, I had done every shift. I was like the board op, you okay. know? Mm-hmm. So I know what it is to spend New Year's in a radio station, like countdown because I'm running the board or yeah, yeah. holidays when everybody's with their families. And I would mm-hmm. be the one taking those shifts because I didn't have any family. Right. So I was like, you go be with your family. I'll hold it down, you know? But being like that allowed people to like have mad love for me. And being like, yo, she held me down. So whenever I needed anything, like, they would be like, I got you, you know? So it made me feel really special. And whenever I just needed direction, everyone that I mentioned has always been really open and really awesome with me. Mm. And But yes, my, my, and you know what's crazy is that the funniest part, when I think back at that station, it was a party station. So... uh Pro style uh, was on that station, and oh, then a more like, uh, and then a lot more of like a more Latin de- Latin jocks. So I came from hip hop, and they were more Latin. Yeah. So it was a very interesting dynamic trying to learn each other because it's, yeah. it's a different world. Mm-hmm. And um, but it was a party station, and we were doing parties every night. And at that time, I was doing parties every night, hosting parties wow. and live broadcasts, wow. and I was like, you know, in the club to like three. I was like, I got to make it to class by, you know what I mean. <laughs> By uh in the after no I had to make it by on air shift and then make it to class so I was trying to balance it all. Wow. So you were definitely a student of the game. How did that call feel when you came from Hot ninety seven, knowing how historical because they were even so, historical then. What? Yes. Are you kidding me? Like we we were rocking at Univision, but we were in a, in a way we were competing because you know hot has always been the streets. Mm-hmm. But we were making our mark, too. And I remember people be like, who the hell are these these kids that are like, you know what I mean? Like doing all these clubs and all these parties. And then eventually, you know, when you get booked as DJs and hosts, you start doing s- s- the same, same parties. Yeah. So I remember being on like a, one of those like Puerto Rico weekends, you uh, know, you know, Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. like those parties. I came to one of those yeah. uh, like when I was at Howard. Came to, I, I think it was like Lumi D performing you know, and all that. <laughs> it's nonstop Sky. energy too. Yeah. Yeah. Man, yeah, nobody's, nobody's too cool. Nina Sky came yeah. up. Well, I'll tell you, I and Nori, and, you know, it was just yeah. one of those. And I remember DJ Nav and I was like, I want, he's like, he's like, you're doing good, kid. He's like, I see nice. you. And he told me, he was like, um, I'm watching you. And I was uh, like, oh my God, oh my deep. God. Inside I wanted to throw up. But yeah. <laughs> it was being so like, thank you. And DJ Camilo always, 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 always made sure that I was good. Because I was like the only girl with all these dudes, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then um, I would tell him, I was like, I'm going to make it to hot one day. I'm going to make it to hot one day, I would tell him. And he's like, okay. And he would just smile, right? And then, so I did my stint in La Calle. The, the station ended up flipping to Latin. I quit because I wasn't, uh, I am Latina, but I don't live that lifestyle. I yeah. love salsa and merengue, okay, but I don't live it. And I, I yeah. truly believe that I, I didn't want to hold a space that I don't live. Mm-hmm. So give that space to somebody else who is, is, is a right. true fan. And, and that's, you that's know, so I quit. Lesson. Everyone thought I was crazy. That you quit a job in the number one market. But in my soul, I wasn't happy. I hate, I started hating going to work and I was like, what am I doing here? So I quit and um, I got a job at Sirius XM. At first I thought I was just doing voiceovers and I did, they had like a similar channel that was like, like it's on R&B, reggae. So I was like, all right, whatever, I'll do it. Um, I did that for a little bit and then I was like subbing because Cypher Sounds had the Cypher Sounds effect on Sirius XM. And um, and he would be like, come, come, just do like a, you know, when Angelie at the time, that was that, that was their show. When she was out, he was like, come fill in. So I would fill in. I would have a ball with Saifa. Like, Saifa's my good friend. And then uh, and then just little by little, he's like, you should be on hot. You should be on hot. And then when I was, uh, I accepted another gig because I was broke. 
Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. broke. I'm waiting for you to throw that part in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was broke. <laughs> I was broke. And I was like, man, I need a radio job. So Univision had reopened another radio station and they offered me nights. And then I went back. I did it. <laughs> and I was like, I should be happy because it's nights in New York City in a major market. And I hated it. Wow. I hated it. And I was like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, am I stupid for quitting again? You know what I mean? So I saved up some money and then I quit again. <laughs> and then I quit again. And everyone thought I was bugging. But in my soul, I was like, this can't be it, you know? And um, I was so broke that I was, my friends Nina Sky were on tour and they were like, do you want to be our tour manager? I was like, wow. I don't even know what that means. And they're like, who cares? Just come and answer yeah. emails. I love it. So I was really like all over Europe. I was in Germany. I was in, <laughs> you name it, I, like South of France. I was in Switzerland, in the Netherlands, in, um, in Denmark. Like I was everywhere with them. And that's how I was paying. I would come home for like a week, pay all my bills, have yeah. my friend watch my dog. I said, yeah. you got it this day. <laughs> you know, and until finally, you know, our tour was over. And I'll always like, they're my good, good friends. And then I was like, okay, I have a little bit of money. I got to get a job, you know. And I was like doing voiceover work wherever I could. I was never too proud. I was like, hey, if you have anything, I'm available. Nice. I'm looking for work, you know. And then um, Cypher Sounds was like, let me get you an interview at Ha. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, you know, next, you know, I, I had an interview and at the same time, Power 105 was calling me to be on air. So it was like an, a full circle moment for me. Yeah. So I was like, I have an offer, a possibility at, at Power and a possibility at Hot. Like, who am I? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I went to Hot and Ibra was such an asshole. Uh, really? So, oh, sorry. Can I curse? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, you can. Go ahead. He was such an asshole. When he met me, he was like, well, I don't need anybody on air. And I know you have your little on-air experience, but I don't have nothing for you. I was like, so why am I here? Yeah. You know? And he was like, well, you could do some YouTube interviews, and we need somebody for, like, digital. I was like, what the hell is digital? <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. And he's like, yeah, you could be a pro I heard you were a really great producer. I could help you. And I was just like, it's not what I want to do. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like, am I going backwards? And then I got the whole sometimes in life you get to get a few steps back. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. To take that leap. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, or should I just take this job? It was like a, a Sunday night on air once a week at Power 1051, you know? And still was a maybe, mind you. It was, an, it was just a maybe. And I was like, nope, did that already. Let me just try it. And then I took the job, and I was still broke. <laughs> and I was still, I remember, I, I was still broke. I had quit school because I was like, okay, I'm doing, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> let, me, let me just, you know, try to survive and, and pay my rent. And I was just getting, like, club gigs and whatever I could hustle doing and tutoring. I was doing whatever I could, a little voiceover until I, I became um, a digital producer for Angie Martinez. So I was helping her with all her social media stuff, her website. And when I tell you that woman took me in and she was just wonderful. Like she's wonderful and she's not one to take anybody in, you know, she's very particular and I was so honored, and I had so much fun with her, and I and I love her so much because she trusted me with her brand. Um, I was never a yes person to everything. I'd be like, I don't think so, and this is why, you know. So I, I'm so grateful for her. And you know what? Next thing you know, when she was um, when she was like, I gotta go to L.A. Uh, Terrence J is gonna be filling in. I was like, okay, cool. You know, I would produce the show for her. And then until eventually, she was like, um, I was like, okay, who's coming to fill in? She was like, nobody. You are. <laughs> 
Woo. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, you can do it. I was like, she was like, stop wow. acting, stop acting crazy. Let's okay, I'll see you when you get back. And it, you know, she just gave me a shot. I love it. And I started filling in for her. And and after a while, Ebro was like, all right, you know, you could do it. And, you know, and he started giving me more shifts. And then I started doing some weekend shifts. And then I started with Saifa. And um, when Saifa's uh, morning show broke up, he, it was just him and Peter. And he, they needed a female. And they brought me in. Wow. And then that's how it just happened. You know, this is like, it, it's a, it's very, you guys know radio. So yeah. that's how it just kind of goes like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then when things, you know, it was a very experimental show. And then Ebro came in on air, and there was a lot of tough decisions. And he came in, and Saifa decided to pursue his comedy. Yeah. So he left, and it's been Ebro, Rosenberg, and myself. And we brought in Cast One as our DJ, who's amazing, amazing. And it, that's it. We've been squad ever since. I nice. love it. It's so random, but like I, 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 it wasn't all pretty. The broke part was really real. I just want to keep reiterating. No, no, that. it's okay. Because I'm, I'm feeling it in my soul. I'm like, because we got to get the broke part yes. out. Yes, I know what it is it's, to live off spaghetti for a week. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I can tell you can still taste it now. Yes. You like, you like, you still know what that taste is like. I went by a pizza spot. I used to live in the Bronx in Castle Hill, and I was like, I remember when I had to choose between either having a slice or getting like a a, a real like a chicken parm sandwich. Because I was like, all right, so eat. For two days, or split this. Like, how, you know what I real. mean? Yeah, Cracking yeah, your knuckles, making these yeah. decisions, Man. like real life, just real life. You happen to witness a lot of things because I remember you come up and uh-huh. just kind of always hearing your voice. Yeah, you know, and it, I I didn't catch like an, an official like an announcement like yeah. Laura Styles is here because the morning show at ninety seven was going through. They was going yes. through, yes, and yes, I yes. almost chuckled out loud because you're right. In that era when they were talking about digital producing. In radio, they were so foreign to it, but it was yeah. growing. Now it's an actual It's a real job. job. It's, it's a LinkedIn yeah. account. Like, it's Absolutely. a real thing. But Absolutely. back then, it was like digital. Why would I want to do digital? Like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I, like, was applying to magazine jobs when I, on my come up. And, like, one of the first jobs I applied to was Double XL. It was my dream job at the time. And I remember, like, when I went in for my... Um, my interview, I had clips from, like, I had been writing for, like, the different hip-hop websites and stuff like that. And the publisher was like, oh, so you came to get a real job. And I was like, no. I'm <laughs> no. telling you digital, and they did not see it for digital. And they were yeah. saying that kind of stuff to your face. Yeah. You know what yes. I mean? They like, were saying like, it to like, your uh, face. Like, that's cute. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, little did they know that that's what was going to be. The Satellite was considered yeah. where you go when you couldn't get hired. Yes. And all these, all these different languages. So yeah. you're sitting there, you're witnessing this, and <laughs> yeah. you're on the morning show. Mm-hmm. What was your earliest or you can say even most recent what the f moment like your most what the fuck moment because you had a front row seat to a lot of things it's been so much i don't even you know can i tell you something sometimes i just have a blur other people have to remind me (laughs) because it's it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot but we've had issue we've had moments where it's like with each other that have been like really real you know what i mean like i remember i'll tell you one moment that um I had uh oh god I remember I was I got so mad at Ebro and um and he was uh, he was like making fun of me because uh I had gotten an opportunity to do a um a podcast for a some college basketball situation that was happening I know nothing about sports college basketball what I don't know you know what I mean and it was a big bag the biggest bag oh. I've ever had been offered. Oh, okay so so I was like what the hell do I do I was like and I'm like Peter and Peter was like Rosenberg was like 
don't worry if you need anything i will feed you stuff but you know what i want you to go in there it's like they don't want you for stats they want you for lifestyle yeah just have natural conversation about life laura a lot of times that they look at these players like numbers and stats but how about real life mm-hmm. and i was like okay i can do this yeah. you know and i told ebro told me the same thing you got it why are you worried you got it <laughs> so i was like okay and i remember one time something happened in in college basketball and he was trying to play me on the air because i didn't know he's like aren't you doing a podcast and i was so oh. angry and i got Not so calling you out i saw i got so angry at him and i was like i remember i was like <laughs> i picked up the paper and he was and i was like and i took off my headphones i was like why the fuck don't you read it or something like i cursed at him yeah, on the yeah, air yeah. i was like what the fuck don't, why don't you read it and i looked at him i was like you're a fucking asshole and that part was dumped because shawnee culture was yeah, like yeah. you know <laughs> and i walked out the studio and i remember walking out the studio being in tears i was like well that's the end of my career <laughs> you know we're I, all laughing yeah, <laughs> and I, i'm crying because you know when you're so angry yep. and i'm not even a big like you know I, I I I don't cry for just any. Well, now that I had a kid, I cry for anything. <laughs> but before, it, it took a lot. Like I'm a real Scorpio. It uh-huh. takes a lot to get yeah. it out of me. And then I remember everyone was like, "Oh my god!" And people were texting me like, "What happened? What happened?" And you know. And then I'm like, "Are you? Don't quit! Don't quit!" And I remember Ebro coming in there, looking at me, and I remember going like, "Why you? Why would you do that to me? Why would you embarrass?" And he's looking at me like. Like what a deer in headlights. Yeah. Really and then he's like, I am so sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't think that it was going to affect you like this. I didn't mean. And I would, you know, when people are apologizing to you, and you're still angry. Yeah. So I was like, no, <laughs> no. I was like, I need a minute. Yeah. I need a minute. And then finally my PD was like, you know, you can't just curse on the air. We could get fined for that. And you know, you're responsible. And I was like, yeah. and you know, like, oh, hold on. <laughs> and it ended, ended up working out. You know what I mean? But it's like internal battles. And he apologized to me and he's like, I'm sorry. And, and then, and then I'm the one that's like, don't make it a big deal. Just keep going. Act like nothing, you know? Yeah. And, um, but, uh, to, to show you that we've had real, like we've, we've, Egos have collided sometimes mm-hmm. and I've had to save some of my crew members from like wilding out. Mm. Um, but overall, we always hold each other down. Nice. We always hold each other down. And I remember when uh, one one particular moment that I felt was so wack and I thought it, it got taken so out of context was when Kodak Black came to the station. And I know this is the one that everybody was like, oh, my God. And it was so stupid because, you know, we've always been very open about how we feel about sexual assault. Hello. Yeah. We yeah. all have mothers, daughters, yeah. cousin, whatever. Yeah. You know, we came from women. Mm-hmm. So Ebro's always been very like where he's, this is where we stand. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care who you are. You know, we've been very open about it. So when he came, the way Ebro said it was like, I know you're going through a case right now. And here at Ebro in the morning, we're, we take sexual assault very serious. And just know that maybe you could, if you need to, if, if you need to clear your name up or something along those lines, like I'm not saying everything word for word, obviously, mm-hmm. but, and he got pissed. He was pissed that we even brought it up. Right. But he gave him such an alley-oop. So if you really listen to it, he was basically like, Hey, we know that this is what, ha- right. this is what's happening. And you know, you're going through like a case. Is, yeah. So maybe you can come back and talk about it later. He, he could have just said, cool. Yes. Yeah. Right. I'll, you know what I mean? And he started getting super angry and, to the point where it's like we were trying to make jokes with him and he was like he wasn't even having it yeah i remember he was all silent yeah. and then yeah. and then it was, and then we were like and then i think ebro got really annoyed like basically like why are you even here yeah like what right. are we doing right and then um and then he got really pissed and then he like walks out 
out of the interview. And then Ebro walks behind him and he's like, fam, like trying to tell him like, yo, I I can't not right. mention yeah. it. It's all over the headlines. And he was trying to tell him, yo, I, that's why I told you you can come back and clear your name. And they were arguing outside, you know, his security. And then it became a thing. And it was super unnecessary. Mm-hmm. It was super unnecessary. And then afterwards, like, all right, it happened. It's over. No, it's not. Because the internet comes in, right. <laughs> you know. of course. So ev- everybody was coming for us, like, coming for us. And it's the internet is vile because they were Googling addresses and yes. personal yeah. information. And I remember being on the subway, and this is why I stopped taking a train by myself. And some dude was trying to press me. Wow, press me! Like this is how how like passionate people are about it. And sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's bad. You know, like like a grown ass man trying to press me on the subway, like about an interview. You know what I mean? Like to the point. I remember there was another man who stepped in. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Mm -mm." "No." Like, next stop, I jumped out. I was like, I got to get out of here. My man was like, you're not taking the train anymore, you know? But it was like, and it's weird because, you know, we have a cool job and we have a voice, but I'm not a celebrity. I'm not rich. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I'm you know, I have a little something. But I'm not walking around with security. Like, are you crazy? You know, like. But sometimes it's needed. Yeah, but I also cannot afford 24-hour security. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who? that's expensive, you know? Like, I'm not. That's not part of my budget. (laughs) I got a mortgage to pay. Like, what? What are we talking about? Like, why why does it have to get to that, you know? So, and we've had our times where we have, we've had some psychos, like even when we've been very vocal about Kanye West, right. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've been very vocal about him and, and, and we've had, I've had some of his stands like approaches in, in a disrespectful way where even sometimes my man has got to step in and I was like, don't knock anybody out. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this right now. Not over a damn opinion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, you know, it's interesting. It's. It's beautiful how sometimes people get so close and so passionate. And, like, when I announced my, my, um, my, that I was pregnant and like people called me and they were like, I should a tear. I was so happy. So it, it makes you wow. feel good that people are yeah. so like in tune with you mm-hmm. and that they rock with you. But sometimes there's also a dark side to it yeah. that people forget, you know? And for us, it's a really weird, great area because again, <laughs> we're not celebrities. Mm-hmm. I take the train. I go to the post office, you know what I mean? I go to the grocery store like everyone else. And there's people who feel really entitled, who feel like yep. they want to give you their two cents. Or if you don't, if I, if you don't, you know, stop for a certain conversation, like I've been in arguments with people where they just like invade your personal space. Mm-mm-mm. I think that's one of the like scariest things to have such a high platform like mm-hmm. that and be so opinionated. Mm-hmm. But like, do you ever have to hold back like, I shouldn't say that because even though I believe it, I can't say this because I don't want that. Because I mean, that's kind of y'all job too, like you know yeah. what I mean. And especially you, you do want a viral moment just because you know it also yeah. pushes. But it's like, damn, where where what's, you know, where's the line? That okay, you don't so cross? I'll be honest, I don't care about a viral moment. I don't. I, I don't need a viral moment. I, I To me, it's like there's some people who just live for that. They want mm-hmm. that. I, mm-hmm. I could care less. I really could care less. You know. Mm-hmm. But um, I I. I I just try to be as honest. I am careful with my words, but I'm very honest about how I feel. Nice. And I just think it's important because it's like I'm doing a disservice to my audience. And, and, and yeah. like I have a I have an opportunity, this beautiful opportunity to be in front of a microphone to be just true to yourself. You know what I mean? So I was one of the first ones who was like, F Kanye West and all this BS. You know what I mean? And like, and I've been very critical about, uh, you know, um, 
conservative Latinos and, you know, and how mm-hmm. I, I've been very critical about a lot of things and I've, I've gotten horrible pushback from it. And, 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 you know, it is what it is, man. This is how I feel, you know? So I, I don't know. I, I, I choose my words wisely, but I also don't, I don't hold back. Good. You know, I, I try not to, you know what I mean? I, I, I can't, I can't, you can't do that. You can't. I, I do think there should be consequences, though, just to kind of shift gears a little bit, like to when the fandoms go crazy. I mean, I'm not saying fight everybody that approaches you, but um, I don't know if, if you all know, there was an incident on Twitter recently, um, a vlogger by the name of Kimberly Nicole Foster got attacked by Barb's. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> She, yeah, 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 yeah. She tweeted she tweeted that Nicki Minaj has to be a horrible person, and then it was just, they all yep. just descended on her. But it was like, it wasn't just, we don't like what you said. They it put her address like, out there, they right? They put her address out there. Yeah. They were threatening to come to kill her. The, barbs, her the barbs are terrorists. It's, it's, da- it's very dangerous. She's in litigation now trying to figure out if she could actually, like, sue these people i mean it's not even about money it's like she kind of wants them to apologize and she's trying to set a precedent because there's really no precedent around this like there's no i don't think there's any like specific type of lawyer that can really i know it's a very gray area yeah it's a very gray area and it's scary like it it really is scary and then to find out like how people could just dig up personal information on the internet Mm -hmm. and they would they will pay to figure it yeah. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's, 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 it's wild. It's the wild. internet is wild. And if you, if you tell one of those sites to take your information off, then another one pops up. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So. You, um, you made it like a real cute thing, but what was it like for you when you had to like announce that you actually had a man and you were in love? Because, <laughs> you know, we kind of been in this game long enough yeah. where, you know, you didn't say those things. Yeah. You know, everybody just kind of came in and yeah. if you were a big star, you got divorced, someone read about it. Yeah. But, you know, you happen to be a witness when it was when we were personalized, were becoming more transparent. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you to be able to say, yeah, I got this man and I got this partner right, right. in that moment. <laughs> right. And everybody, all your whole team is making this big thing. Because, OK, so I was very much like a, a party girl. Like I was out, you know, like I told you, I was hosting parties. I was doing, You're doing all these things. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was like out and I was never with like a significant other. And I had dated, but it was always weird because, and I, I, I'm sure, well, I'm sure all of you could feel me to a certain extent. Like people, like we have a cool job, right? And, and, and it's fun, but it's a job. Yep. And, um, so I remember I was dating this firefighter at the time and I, I went, we went to a party oh, I know, that was a trip. and somebody, <laughs> yeah. And I was like down to earth, a hardworking dude. I was like, he's great. And then like somebody, I think it was like. I don't remember what rapper, but somebody had sent me a bottle to my table, yeah. right? And they were hosting that night and sent me a bottle, and he got so insecure and so weird. I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say, for lack like, of a better word, civil- civilians, they don't understand. And this. I was like, I was like, honestly, this is a bottle that the club uh, right. probably gave right. for free. Right. I was like, great, we don't have to pay for a bottle. Right. This is great. And it was not cute. Like, mm-hmm. it was to the point where it was always like a... a, a an issue and it just wasn't like I you you know it was that. an ego thing and it was so sad because i i thought we were cool and we yeah. were not mm. you know so the whole ego dynamic plays a played a really interesting part and it was a learning process for me and then you got people who just want to date you for the idea of you mm-hmm. they like the idea of you yeah. and i was like no and then i didn't want to date anyone in the industry because i was like i'm not getting caught up in no scandals no right. nothing i don't know nobody my business so it was one of those things that i was very my job is to be open on the air. So I had an opinion about everything, but I never talked about my personal life <laughs> in that matter. And then they were like, you're going to have to. 
You're going to have to at least say something. So finally, I was like, all right. And then one day, I started introducing the guy I was dating. And I was like, no, this is it. Like, it's my man. <laughs> and then, you know, everybody was like, it was so funny because they all, like, big brothers were, like, giving him, like. A grill. The <laughs> super yeah. grill. <laughs> and, you know, he's a regular dude from the Bronx. He's Dominican. It was in marketing. Like, a, you know, reg- and I like and I loved it. He made me laugh. He was so much fun. And. I remember the day that Ibra pulled it out of me and we said on the air. I was so embarrassed. But I was like, F it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is my life. And now you're the love guru. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know how we got there. That's a fast forward. Like, yes. you went to not dating to actually give it advice. Yes. And fast forward, like, this is a person I have a child with now. Like, yeah. you know, we like we stood strong. Ricardo's amazing. Like, That's he's dope. He's amazing. And and we talk about our relationship issues. What You know? And he doesn't, you know, he's not one to get super hung up on it he doesn't he doesn't really care so he used to listen to the the show um when he used to drive into work now he doesn't and now he sometimes he'll catch it on like a podcast or something but he's you know it's not easy you know it's not easy you all know it's not easy but you got to be transparent but you know (laughs) so you know before we get up out of here i want to pull something that no one really knows and lord you're gonna go last you know we'll start with you okay What is the go-to song you go to that can always put you in that right mood? I think I know it with you, but I'm going to let you tell it. Knuck if you buck. Come on, man. (laughs) Knuck if you buck. Like, what? I didn't want to say it for you. I was like. (laughs) I will always say that. Like, you can't test me. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like. Um, you know, coming, I'm, I'm a frat boy, undergrad, okay. I, I yeah. pledged Kappa Alpha size. So it was like, you know, we're always known as the pretty boys. But when that came on, <laughs> they was like, oh, they, they kind of hood too. You know what I mean? So I, it just touches my soul. <laughs> I, I feel it. To me, I, I'm, I love, I, to me, I'm sorry, but I, I love Rihanna. <laughs> Oh, I'm such on. a Rihanna fan. So sometimes I just be like, oh, I'm trying to get ready. I put, uh, I be like, where's Port? I need this in my life yeah. right now. So anything Rihanna, that that anti album is my favorite. Ooh, one of my favorite anti- albums. Yes, it's yes. one of my favorite albums, it and um, that's been the soundtrack to my life for like a co- for a minute Ooh. now since it dropped. Yeah. Like it's you know how you have those albums that you don't stop playing, yeah. like you just don't. Like I'm a, a Rihanna fan, and I can't wait. And I think she's gonna drop an album during the Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I, hope so. I said I the so. same thing. I think <laughs> so time. too. I think we all, so we all hope so. Star yours. Oh, um, I like dance music. I love a good band. Okay, so what came to my okay? Cameo, Candy. When I okay, okay, okay. Oh. yeah. Candy, okay. I mean, that's yeah. classic. So yeah. okay, yeah. 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 That I, will always get me on a dance floor. I definitely gotta say, um, all of those are great choices. I, you know, I, I try not to be so moody. Mine is like depending on what month we in. Uh-huh. So like for example, Halloween, I'm always playing Get a Boy's Mind playing tricks on you. <laughs> but my go to song will always still kind of be Dr. Dre Let Me Ride. Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm, from okay. Detroit, I'm from Detroit. So I'm yeah, a man. Yeah, yeah, I, I like yes. to drive. Yes. You know, yeah. one thing that's so frustrating about being on the East Coast, I, you, you stop every Detroit two minutes. Drivers yeah. are, are but we we drive though. all the Y'all time. Think it's fast and furious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if people know that though. Like seriously, Detroit drivers. I like... drew I grew up driving <laughs> from the passenger side. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I take pride in that. I, it was it was we we love New Jersey Drive. Like we was like, oh, that was that was, that was me, right? That was my community. That. So I gotta say, Dr. Dre, uh, let me ride. I love you know, that. What I, mean? I definitely gotta say, uh, um, 
yo, to have you here has been an honor, like, especially to watch your growth because we're in the era mm-hmm. right now where things are so instant and mm-hmm. people don't hit a backstory too much. Yeah. Oh my they God. think, like, you just rolled over, you made a couple tweets, you had yeah, a couple viral moments, right. and then yep. boom, here you are. But now you're running your own festival in Vision, yeah, right? Yes, you're yes, doing yes, that. Yes, you yes. want to talk about that before you get about yeah, it? Yeah, I would love to. Okay, so me and my uh, one of my best girlfriends, Sharifa Murdoch, who is an incredible woman in the fashion world, in the trade show business, we've been friends since we were in college trying to figure it out. That was like my big sister who. Right. But like the sister who would be like, how's your credit? Are you Mm. saving? You know, like the real conversations that like we don't not too many people have with you, you know. So she gave me she was setting me straight from the beginning. And um, she would tell me, hey, I I have like these 50 backpacks. I want to get a group of uh, girls together and do like a give back. What can you do? Like, all right, I can get some concert tickets or I would call a friend to get like. I don't know, like from shampoos or whatever we could come up with. And we would do these special like days where we would have our girlfriends come in and talk to these young girls about self-care. And then at the end, we would do like uh, mood boards. And at the end, we would be like open up the doors. Like we have everyone come and get free stuff. And we would sit there and cry and be so happy that we were able to give back to, um, you know, like little girls in the Bronx and in Brooklyn. Yeah. And then we started doing it more often. And Sharifa was like, Laura, we need, to, we need to make this bigger. You know, we need to make this bigger. And then she came up with Envision Fest. And Envision is E-N-V-S-N, Fest. And we started it. Um, this is, I just, this weekend was our third one. And our first one was, um, it was a day, two days um, of panels of incredible women. Because imagine like a complex combo just for towards young girls nice. and that age when you're getting out of high school, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. And um, I wanted to make sure they could see women that look like them talk about their careers and their yep. paths and where they came from and how they had their dreams and they did it and they did it. You know what I mean? So I curated a panel of women in music. We had women in sports, um, women in the fashion world, mental nice. health, uh, sex education. So, um, and also, I, and I remember hearing from my, my girls who are public school teachers, how they were cutting a lot of the, the, mm-hmm. the programs, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And um, so, so we created this event where we had all these sponsors came in, like big companies like Clinique who had like pop-up booths and, uh, and small girls who had a little plant business, who had lash business. So I, I had all these entrepreneurs sitting with huge brands next to them to feel like they can. Yeah. Like they're on the same level as the rest of them. And um, and I curated a concert, and at the time I got Doja Cat. Nice. I got, and this is Doja Cat when she was just yes. like she had was, YouTube, like mm-hmm. that that Tia Tamara. Yes. I'm a cow. Yeah. I'm a cow. Yeah. Yes, that uh, Sweetie. I had a uh, Tanache. Oh, nice. I had uh, Queen Naja. So I curated. It was all Malibu Mitch and Danny Lay, like all women, and I hired all women DJs. And um, and we had a wonderful festival, and we did workshops how to protect yourself on the internet, wow. like the, the stuff that I That's felt like we cute, really yeah. needed, and yoga. It was really it was oh, really cool. Okay. So we did it, and then we did it again in a second year, and then COVID came and kind of <laughs> you know set us back. But we just finished doing it this weekend on a very very much smaller scale because we just didn't have the money, you know? But we were like, we can't let this go. We got to continue. And I've sponsored over 300 girls from inner city youth programs, after school programs. I work with the Lower East Side Girls Club. I do a lot of uh, mentoring and I teach workshops uh, um, for them. And um, so I hired those little girls to come and DJ with my other girls that are on the radio DJing. So it's beautiful. It's such a passion project. It makes me so happy. And just to have like a a wonderful weekend of like, and even though it's 
geared towards women. It's open to everybody. And I love seeing all, all like, the fellas come with their daughters, with their sisters, or just uh, come to support. Because, you know, yeah. we come to everybody. <laughs> He's joined right. to support. And it's been beautiful. It's been hard. It's mm-hmm. hard to raise money and, and make it happen. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Sharif and I are just so passionate about it. And I feel like it could open a lot of doors for a lot of people. I've gotten, me- I've connected young girls with mentorship programs who've gotten wow. jobs, wow. you know. So it's been dope. And I think the the moment for me, though, I remember I had a group of girls. My girlfriend's like, hey, I have like 10 girls uh, that I work for, for e- from uh, an ESL program. Most of them are from, just came from Haiti and Dominican Republic and some Jamaican. And I was like, bring them, bring them, bring them, bring So I hooked them up with VIP bags and gave them all these goodies. And one of the, they stopped me. And when my friend wanted me to meet them and they're like crying, they're like, we've never been to a concert before. Wow. And let me tell you, my eyeliner was running <laughs> because sometimes, you know, you yeah. take for granted, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we, a concert for us, like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's go. You mm-hmm. know, but there's people who've never had that experience. Like never, it don't have the money to pay 50, 60, a hundred. God knows tickets now are so expensive for a concert. So for them to be like, we've never experienced something like this before. It was just a moment for me that I was like this, like we have to continue. Like we have to, cause you know, it's not about ability. It's about access, Yes, you know? So being able to just connect people with the right, uh, just have those right connections that I wish I could have had somebody to help me out in that way. But now it's important for us to be that for the next generation, you know. And let me tell you, I've had, I've had my past interns get me jobs. What? Come on. I've had past intern uh, interns give me honor me and give me opportunities. I remember one time Ford Motors called me for like this dinner, and they were like, "Yeah, you're being honored." Da 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 da. And I was like, "How'd you find me?" <laughs> they were like, "Oh, Fernando." I'm like, "Fernando? Who's Fernando?" Then they start showing me, and I'm like, "Fernando? <laughs> who? You know what I mean? Who used to give me my lunch?" And he wow. told me he was like, "He used to buy my lunch every time I work with you." He's like, "Oh, I and I never. I was so broke." I was like, I couldn't afford lunch at that time. I would pack my lunch, but you would buy me my lunch, wow. and I never forget that. And I was like, again, tears. Yeah, little important. things like that. Tears, yeah. you know. Important. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and and I always, I'm a big, big believer. Like, and I, and 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 it's something that's important. You always remember how people make you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You always remember how they make yes. you feel, and so to me, that's my passion right now. Like, obviously, my show is my passion also, but like, Envision Festival is super special. And uh, follow us on Instagram, ENVSN Fest. And um, you can see everything, all the cool things we're doing. We're trying to get more uh, programming. And, and, and listen, the community has helped me mm-hmm. by connecting me with the right people. Reach out to this person for this and this. So, so it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. And we just wrapped up our third year. I love to see nice. the joy. That brings you. It's yeah. like such a genuine smile. Like we feel that, you yeah, know. So um, that's it, a beautiful thing. It makes me back. so happy. It makes me happy, guys. Like Paying it's it it's yeah. yeah, man. You have to. You have to because, like I told you, like those people that you've helped along the way, they'll help you one day. Yeah, you'll see. That's what we all we all have to learn. That everybody has to learn mm-hmm. that. Out that's there. actually dope. And um, I will hope that you know that the door is open for you to come back, even if you just want to talk about your vision fest. Thank that you. way you don't have to wait till last minute. Yes. Because I feel like, you know, it leaves people's minds. So yeah, please, yeah, yeah. you know, come back. And please. come back just because you're dope. Thank you. we yeah. appreciate it. You know? Amazing. <laughs> I think I speak for everybody here. We, we enjoyed it. Like, I could listen to you all day. Like, ah, and then you kept. Brightened you know up the uh, the rainy day. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely brought up the rainy day. <laughs> thank you so, so thank much. Thank you very much. I highly appreciate you. This has been another edition AURN Podcast. We had the guru <laughs> and the walking icon, <laughs> Laura Styles on here. <laughs> Shout out to my guy, Jonathan Star Rock. I'm Jay Hall. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Be blessed with successful. We'll talk to you soon.